It's Thursday, May 23rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, workers at McDonald's restaurants across the U.S. are on strike. We'll break down how the complaints against the Golden Arches are connected to the Me Too movement. Then, the Trump administration is looking to take away some protections for transgender people. We'll tell you what's going down. And finally, summer's here, so get out your work sweater. We're here to make your Thursday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Delta. Keep climbing. And keep listening, because a lot's happening. The spotlight today is on McDonald's. They're being asked a lot of questions right now, and they're way more complicated than, would you like fries with that? Right now, about 850,000 people work for McDonald's in the U.S. And today, a bunch of those workers in 13 major U.S. cities, from Chicago to Miami, are going on strike. They want better working conditions and better pay. And some of them want McDonald's to answer for charges of sexual harassment and violence at work. They're being joined by a bunch of 2020 presidential candidates. So McDonald's is really getting grilled right now. And all of this is going down while the company heads faced all their shareholders in Dallas, Texas today. We're going to get into what these protests are actually about, how it's connected to sexual harassment claims being made, and what the response has been like. Like we said, McDonald's workers went on strike in 13 cities across the country today. This was tape shot by the group Fight for 15. Workers are asking for more money and the right to unionize. To be clear, McDonald's employees have been asking for these things for a while now, especially as more and more companies have upped their workers' wages to $15 an hour in recent years. And the Fight for 15 marches, led in part by fast food workers, have pushed a number of states to raise their minimum wages too. But McDonald's says most of the McDonald's workers striking don't actually work for them. You might not notice this when you pull in for a Big Mac, but only about 1,000 McDonald's restaurants are owned by the corporation. The other 13,000 or so are franchises, meaning they have independent owners. And McDonald's says, technically, that's who those franchise cashiers and cooks work for. Workers say it's weird because McDonald's spends a lot of energy telling franchises how to work the fry machine or how much ketchup they should have, but they won't get involved when it comes to how much workers are actually getting paid. And that fight over pay and whether McDonald's workers technically work for them or not is also connected to some new sexual harassment claims that were made this week. The restaurant industry notoriously has one of the highest rates of sexual harassment claims in the country. And it's particularly high when it comes to fast food. Close to 40% of women who work in fast food say they've had to deal with sexual harassment on the clock. So over the last few years, dozens of women have filed complaints with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, about sexual harassment at McDonald's. That's the agency they go to if they want an investigation. And it also gives the green light to them if they want to file a lawsuit. Sometimes the EEOC even files the lawsuit on workers' behalves. So on Tuesday, more than two dozen current and former McDonald's workers filed new complaints It's the largest single grouping of sexual harassment claims against the company in the last three years. This group had help from the ACLU and Time's Up. That's the legal defense fund set up by women in Hollywood in the wake of the Me Too movement. They help all kinds of women who are sexually harassed at work. These new cases include women who say they were sexually harassed at McDonald's when they were as young as 16. Yeah, they were underage. 
And some of the cases weren't just sexual harassment, but retaliation from their bosses after they spoke up about it. Some say they even lost their jobs and couldn't make ends meet. The complaints say McDonald's needs to take responsibility for these cases, too. McDonald's says it's revamped its sexual harassment training program for managers and printed new posters to be hung up in stores, warning against harassment. But otherwise, the company is passing the buck. Remember, they say that franchise workers don't actually work for them. They say that's on the franchise owner. But that's the kind of press McDonald's was getting ahead of its annual shareholder meeting today. That meeting has been held in Chicago in the past, at McDonald's HQ. But they moved it to Dallas this year. Activists say it's probably to avoid protests. If so, it's kind of too late for that. If you don't get it, shut it down! If you don't get it, shut it down! That was the scene outside of the shareholders meeting in Dallas today. Across the country, a bunch of Democrats running for president showed up to join the protesters. Governor Jay Inslee joined one in Chicago. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio showed up in Des Moines. Senator Bernie Sanders was beamed in by video for a town hall in Dallas. And former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Julian Castro spoke to protesters in Durham, North Carolina. Companies across the United States are making more and more profit, but not passing that down to the people that make that profit for them. You know, we're here today to tell McDonald's that it's not acceptable to pay your workers a wage they can't live on. So what's the skim? The current federal minimum wage is $7.25. It's been stuck there for 10 years. But a bunch of states and cities have their own minimums. Six states and D.C. are either at $15 an hour or have plans to get there in the next few years. And a number of 2020 candidates are touting that they'll push for a $15 minimum wage if they get into the White House. And we may also be seeing more sexual harassment cases down the pipeline. Time's Up says their legal defense fund now has $25 million in its coffers, and they've received almost 5,000 requests for assistance. The majority from low-wage workers. Another group that could be facing more discrimination, transgender women, this time from the government. That's next. There are two kinds of people in the world, the kind that hit snooze and the kind that sleep through five alarms. They'd both rather stay in bed. And they're everywhere. Delta flies to 300 cities. That's 300 cities full of people who have a special relationship with their alarm clock. And here's the thing. Delta doesn't just fly to more than 300 cities to bring us together. They do it to show us we're not so far apart in the first place. Delta, keep climbing. We're just 10 days away from Pride Month, but the LGBTQI community has suffered a bunch of setbacks lately. One of them has to do with housing and what to do when you don't have it. On Wednesday, the Department of Housing and Urban Development introduced a new proposal that would let homeless shelters turn away transgender people on religious grounds. The proposal would also give shelters the right to put transgender women in facilities with men instead of with women, or cite their biological sex as a way to keep them from coming into the shelter at all, like into a woman's shelter. This basically turns a ruling from the Obama administration on its head. It's called the Equal Access Rule, and it guaranteed that transgender people had equal access to homeless shelters and couldn't be discriminated against. After the Trump administration took over in 2017, HUD removed guidelines from its website that advised how emergency shelters should best serve transgender people. But people weren't expecting this. Earlier this week, HUD Secretary Ben Carson was on Capitol Hill, 
and Congresswoman Jennifer Wexton asked him about future plans to eliminate or change the equal access rule. I'm not currently anticipating uh, changing the rule. HUD now says they aren't actually removing the equal access rule, and they will continue to enforce it. They say they're just proposing a change to give shelters more flexibility. Transgender activists have a different take. They say this would make what's already a bad situation a whole lot worse. A survey from the National Center for Transgender Equality found that one in three transgender people have experienced homelessness. And 70% of those who said they went into a shelter also said they were harassed, assaulted, or kicked out because of their gender identity. This isn't the first time the Trump administration has spearheaded policies that ended up hurting the transgender community. Like in the military. The Pentagon started enforcing Trump's restriction on transgender troops last month. And in healthcare. The Department of Health and Human Services is working on a new rule that would let doctors deny treatment to transgender people. While these policies are shifting, attacks against transgender people have also been on the rise. The Human Rights Campaign reported that at least 26 transgender people were killed across the country last year. So far this year, five transgender people have already been killed, including two in the last week alone. It's unclear what will happen with HUD's proposed rule about homeless shelters next. Any changes would have to be approved by Congress, and that's unlikely. The House Appropriations Committee approved HUD's funding bill today, and it said no federal funds can be used to repeal the Equal Access Rule. So transgender rights might turn into another battleground between the Trump administration and Congress. Up next, we'll hear from someone in Congress who's applying for Trump's job. Kirsten Gillibrand is a New York senator and one of 23 Democrats running for president in 2020. Yesterday, Gillibrand released a new proposal for something she's calling the Family Bill of Rights. She's pitching a bunch of things to support families, like insurance benefits for in vitro fertilization, tax credits for adoption, national paid family leave, and universal pre-K, among other things. This is pretty much in line with a lot of Gillibrand's work in the Senate, especially the focus on women, the Skim recently sat down with her to talk about that for our Sip and Skim series. Well, it's something I care deeply about. And I believe that 51% of the U.S. population has a right to have basic civil rights and human rights. You can find that whole video and more of the Skim's coverage of the 2020 presidential race at theskim.com slash no excuses. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from your office thermostat. We're talking about the Game of Thrones-like battle over how friggin' freezing it is indoors in the summer. Now, all the women who have space heaters under their desks and blankets on their chairs have science on their side. Finally! A new study shows that women work better. They have better cognitive performance in warmer rooms. Researchers in Germany had more than 500 college students take all kinds of verbal and math tests in different temperature rooms. Men did better in colder temperatures. Women got 2% more math questions right for every one degree Celsius increase in temperature. Basically, women are smarter when they're not freezing to death. Thank you, science. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you want to add The Skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 